Amen. We are going over to the word of the Lord. Amen. Are you excited? Hallelujah. There's a chorus that goes, ancient words ever true, changing me and has changed you and me. We have come with open, with open hearts, so let the ancient words impart. Hallelujah. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that word this morning has the ability to change you, to change me, to bring a resurrection life in whatever is dead in our lives. Amen. So for those who are online, for everyone that is here, enjoy. Open your, your heart and your mind and enjoy the word of the Lord that's going to be preached this morning by our pastor and prophet Edgar Michaels. Please put your hands together for Pastor Edgar Michaels. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your word will penetrate every heart and build strong faith in us and a deep love for our Lord Jesus Christ and make us more effective workers. Work for those things that are of eternal value. We thank you for your grace. I pray for anointing that will break the yoke and set the captive free. We pray that your word will, will just work in our lives. Burn like a fire. Burn away all impurities and bring passion and zeal for the cause of God. We thank you. This Resurrection Sunday, we know he is alive. The hymn says, how do we know he is alive? We say he lives within us. He is alive in us. We can feel his vibrations. We can feel his passion and his love and his prayers for us. We love you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Son of the living God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you made us part of his family part of the body of Christ and pride, part of the pride of our Lord Jesus. Soon and very soon we won't be any more here and then the Lord has come to take us away through the rapture to be with him forever. We worship and salute you King of Kings and Lord of Lords in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We're happy to see every one of you. To the glory of God, we are here, and you're going to be blessed out of your Woolworth socks. Praise God. <laughs> what powerful praise there was at the Lord's table. And thank you for the demonstration again of our young people, uh, led by Kayla Michaels. Uh, thank you. We were moved again by the demonstration of the cross and the triumph of the resurrection. Give the Lord praise for them. Amen. Thank you for the reading of the scripture by Brother Ronald. And we thank God for those newly born again. Yeah, John and Sean, can they stand? Hallelujah, newly born again. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We want you to vigorously invite people to church 
and also not only invite them to church, but win people for the Lord on the train, in the taxi, in your workplace, your neighbors, everywhere. You carry a very serious message about salvation from hell and from sin and from Satan. Hallelujah. Amen. And there is power in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. For those who believe, amen, and believe means I put my life and my full trust in what I heard the word of God. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not difficult to please God if you don't have faith. It's impossible, the Bible says, to make God happy without faith. Then you might ask, but how am I going to get faith to please God? The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. By acting on the word of God. The world, the world says seeing is believing. Christianity says believe and then you will see. Praise God. If you believe, your eyes will open up to the glory of God. God is here just like Radio Good Hope or is it P4 or Radio, what is hard today? Or CCFM, all the vibes of those radio stations is here. But you have to tune in to the right frequency to let that radio and that music and voice comes to you. God is here. He's invisible. The tune into God is you must believe in the Lord Jesus. When you put your trust and your life in the hands of Jesus Christ, you will see heaven's music plays through you. You will see the joy of the Lord coming your way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me first do two things. Um, we know that we had, we are uh, in KwaZulu Natal in Durban, our own country, very close to us. Very great floods have been taken place and they're expecting more rain. For you don't know and follow the news. We always hear of these things overseas, but the floods were so severe, houses were removed, cars, containers, huge containers, and over nearly 400 people died, which is a disaster. And 27 are missing, so the totals may go up. Wow. These things uh, is happening worldwide. Earthquakes, wars, tornadoes, um, tsunamis, volcanoes, fires, and all of this. The world says this is climate change. They try to have scientific explanation for things. But the biblical godly explanation is God says it's the signs of the last days. Okay. Now people will say, but there was always wars and always earthquakes. But not with the frequency that it's happening now. And with the intensity. And the Bible speaks of the world when the last days and these things happen. It's like the birth pains of a mother. And when, a, when the time comes to give birth, 
the intensity of the pains increase and the frequency. It comes in waves very, very fast. And you're going to see this is the birth pains of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Soon and very soon, the Lord is going to be here. According to eschatology, which means the studying of the end times, the Lord, the word, the Lord Jesus, the rapture is around the corner. The word coming for the rapture, the word is Greek word is parousia, parousia, and the word means majesty is present. Amen. When Jesus come, when we say he's coming, or the word maranatha, it means a majestic one, the super majestic one. Is here. Amen. He's going to come. And we greet each other with not the Jews greet Salom and some others, but we should greet each other with Maranatha. Maranatha means the Lord is coming. Praise God. The Lord is coming. So we want to pray for those who are suffering in Natal, in Durban, and also. Something very tragic happened to Bishop Dag Ewart Mills and a lady, Reverend um, Adelaide, his wife. Bishop Dag lost Good Friday to death his eldest son, David. And David was just 31 years old, qualified doctor, living in the United States of America. And what a tremendous pain. And the whole Lighthouse family and all the other denominations uh, under Bishop Dag. And they just had a huge, huge gathering. Good Friday on the plane, the parade in Ghana, in Accra. And to hear the news, a young man, 31 years old, has passed away. A doctor. Fully qualified. Read with me John chapter 9 in the light of that. Verse 4. I want, and you may ask, the parents serve God. How can that be? We all ask, and he serve God too. We all ask questions. Don't you think uh, thousands are dying in Ukraine? Believe us too. In a vicious war going on which can spiral out of control and can, can become, some believe it's World War Three that has started already because things are just going wider and wider and people are being killed, civilian people, shot driving on a bicycle and killed. Women getting raped, children, life are destroyed. And Ukraine is one of the top nations feeding the world with wheat. Therefore, bread and things goes up and the petrol goes up. And Russia has a vicious bear-like, in the Bible, Russia is called the bear. And the Bible prophesied about the bear. And in Daniel chapter 7, 
speaks of the end time, speaks of these days. He says they found the bear with three ribs in its mouth. Brutal. Wow. And, and we are living, you should wake up. I cannot even make a joke and say you must wake up and smell the coffee. You must wake up. John 9 verse 4. The world is asleep, eh? Don't expect anything from the world. Don't expect the from the from the sinners anything. They will just go on as normal. The rapture will happen and it will be a normal day. Where people are on the train and in the in the uh, aeroplanes, there's thousands of aeroplanes in the air right now, crossing the world. Cars moving with speed. People living life. The nightclubs are full. Drinking, loo, living loose. It will be just like a normal day. And we will be raptured away. And even before the rapture, you might die before your time. And we don't have an explanation why you died. You were young, you were, you were strong. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. Therefore, you must take God and his word. As I preach, it's not the word of a man when I read the Bible. You might take it that way. Therefore, faith don't comes to you. It's the word of God. These are living words. These are inspiration words from God. You must tremble at the word of God. Therefore, when you have the opportunity to get born again, you must jump for the opportunity. You might not have it in after this hour. And there's an enemy, the devil, that will has placed already a lot of landmines in your mind. And you think you're very wise. I speak to those online too. You think you're very clever. You think you're very smart. If you stand on a high skyscraper building and you look down, you will see the cars look smaller than this book. Imagine God looks at us from heaven. You're like a little ant walking around you and want to argue with God and put your case before the living God. You must jump at the time you have available and become, even us who are saved, be serious with God. You are in a hostile territory. The air around us are full of demons. Do you know that? This is a filthy, dirty place. The world. There's not only demons, there's higher beings with Satan, fallen angels. A third of the angels that fights God and demons. And they are in people and they are in church and even in ministers and preachers who are not born again. Satan has his preachers. Master deceiver of the world. Wow. Vicious enemy of God. If somebody have committed 10 murders, who are you standing in his way? He will murder you too. He will kill you too. Satan's, Satan's sentence is done. He's doomed. Who are you in front of him? He wants you with him. 
He wants as many as possible with him. To show God your creatures. Your creation are serving me. With utter blindness. And stupidity. And the more learned you are. The more stupid to God you become. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, according to the word of God, the wisdom of this world is foolishness. You'll find precedence in hell. You'll find Lady Di or uh, Elvis Presley or, or Michael Jackson. If they never gave their life, you'll find them in hell. You'll find them in hell. You'll find the drunkard who believe in Jesus in heaven. You'll find the prostitute. Wow, you'll find the outcast, the rapist. You'll find the murderer, Pornagu, who gave his life to the Lord. Therefore, God gets pride and boastful that he can take the nothings of the world and change them. Because the playing field is level. It's not by education you are saved. It's not by your high status, your background. It's by faith that makes the playing field level. And the poor and the outcasts, they have more and quicker to faith. Because you are calculated. You are strong and full of pride. And you think you're wise. There were two trees in the Garden of Eden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God, don't complicate matters. It's just two roads. There's not five doors that's in front of you and you must decide. Only between two. It's light or darkness. It's God or Satan. It's Christ or the Antichrist. It's the Bible or other so-called inspired books. God makes himself plain and simple and clear. But you, you're too strong in yourself. Wow. And just as we like God, the government must take away those who spoil life for us. Those who rob, who steal, who break in our houses. Those who rape, we would love them to be locked up. So God says, I will lock you up for eternity because this is my world. And you spoil and abuse my powers. You abuse my oxygen. You abuse my fruit. You didn't come here with fruits. You never know there's apples and bananas. You never knew there were different flowers. You found it here. Who is the creator of it? Not you. Different animals. God created the grass, the hills, the, the, the sea, the joys, the pleasures of life. God created the different fish as we ate fish years this Passover. It's yellow tail. It's... Uh, what not And Miss Bunkers. You find you found it here. Because your creator wanted to display to you. He is too marvelous.
day and he didn't give food that it tastes like patty. He put, he make your tongue to know spices and flavors. Wow. Amen. God could have made food that it tastes like patty. Because we need food. But God has got spices. Even, even mother-in-law spices too. Wow. Amen. I'm preaching. Hallelujah. John 9 verse 4. We must work the works of him who sent me as long as it is day. He said as long as it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Your night might come with premature death. Your night might come that tomorrow you sit in a wheelchair. Your night might come that tomorrow you lie in hospital with a lot of pipes. And your friends are not pipes feeding you. They say the time has come to switch off the machine. There's no more help or no more. We can do nothing here. Your night might come. You might be a believer. This young man, Bishop Dag, is a believer. David, 31 years old, a doctor. This you cannot explain. There are certain things we cannot explain. Let's pray for those in Durban and Bishop Dag. Father God, I pray for our brothers and sisters and people in Durban. That they will turn to Jesus Christ. Comfort those who are weeping. Nearly 400 souls are gone. Lord, we must number our days to give you a heart of wisdom. So comfort them. Speak to our nation too. That our government will repent and give us more men and women that will serve you in this government. Give us a mighty revival in South Africa. Lord, comfort Bishop Dag Hewitt Mills and Lady Reverend Adelaide, Joshua, his sister. Comfort all of them. Comfort the Lighthouse Church and families and denominations. Strengthen them. Let something positive come from this. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm preaching to you the triumph of the resurrection of our Lord and its fruits. Praise God. The triumph of the resurrection and its fruits. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Powerful scriptures I'm giving you, but it's very important. I want you who want to be born again to do so today. Don't leave this church. I may, if I have time, Give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say, I want to give my life to the Lord. And it's nothing to do with your friends, your mommy or your daddy. It's you, the responsibility. It's yours. You decide you want to go to heaven or you decide you want to go to hell. You are responsible and an adult. You know what's going on. Wow. You might want to go to hell because of your friends. Because of your family. Maybe your church. Maybe your religion too. You say no. I want to go to hell. And what is worth going to hell for? What is so precious. That you are. 
willing to go to an eternal hell for. My brothers and sisters, as I preach this, you need to preach this on the street to your family. At the 21st party or anywhere of your family. In the bus, watching the soccer this afternoon or what. You see the thousands on the stadium. You should look at them and say, even your, your great hero soccer players. Hey, when the World Cup was in South Africa, they forewarned the Brazilian team because most of them were born again. They forewarned them not to display their golf search or, or praise the Lord Jesus when they score or celebrate. They forewarned them. The world is anti-God. But soon and very soon they won't be able to stop us anymore. Hey, we prepare to suffer for what we believe. But you must preach. Don't be ashamed the gospel you've you are the wisest person in the universe to accept the most wisest person jesus christ in the world hey you are wise amen you are there's a dharma man you are a real lady you are a real gentleman serving the lord with backbone hallelujah all others are jellyfish they have no backbone. Hey, they can only stand for sin and that which is us bring shame to God. My God, I feel like an evangelist this morning. Hallelujah. Can we pray for the sick now? Are you blind? You can see now. As you now muhsin, take no sin. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. Amen. 2.15. Here we go. When Jesus disarm Satan's powers, they are the rulers and the authorities. When he disarmed them, he made a public display of them. Having triumphed over them through him. Praise God. The words there are disarmed. The resurrection from the death shows the devil is disarmed. The Lord God took all his armor away. Wow. And once you've stripped somebody of his armor, hey, he's got nothing to stand on. Do you hear me? One event, you know, evangelists preach very dramatically. And very picturesque. And this evangelist, I knew him. Amen. And I was there when he preached. Because the Bible says Christ went down to hell. And, and he stripped Satan. And now he described further what the Bible don't say. He says, when Jesus came there, he looks for where's the devil? Where is he? They say he's hiding there in the corner. He's hiding there in the corner. And Jesus went down the corridor and say, hey, you. And Jesus stripped him naked. He stands there. And Jesus walked away and he looked at him and Jesus said, oh, just give him the khaki swords. Because he's naked. Amen. 
I'm describing you the... Re Listen, the resurrection is the knockout punch. Amen. He disarmed principalities and powers. A publicly display. A public... In other words, for all and the world to see and to behold. The devil is defeated. He is disarmed. And the word triumph speaks of celebrating the victory on the cross when Jesus, his last words were, it is finished. It means that's the victory. But the resurrection is the triumph of the victory. Hallelujah. As I always describe, if you, uh, your soccer team plays final and you're leading the uh, one nil, and there's a minute to go, the crowd, you as supporters, you go crazy. You, you are happy. But as soon as your opponent approaches your territory, your box, and moving with the ball this way, the, 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 the silence fall in the crowd because they might score. They might, even three minutes or, or a few seconds, they might score. But as the ball move away, the victory, but the, the final whistle didn't go as yet. Hey, you are celebrating the victory because the end is near. But when the final whistle goes, it's not anymore a victory celebration. It's a triumph. It's a triumph. Now Christ, that's the Greek word. It means Christ triumphs over Satan and over his work. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 to 16. Do you have the word triumph? Hallelujah. It's to celebrate the victory. Christians are celebrating the every Lord's Day. It's not only this Sunday that's Resurrection Sunday. Every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. Therefore, you cannot lie in your bed and be in your house. You should be in church. Praise the Lord. This is the Sunday of victory, of celebration. Praise the name of the Lord. Look what 2 Corinthians 2.14 says. But thanks be to God who always lead us in triumph in Christ. Do you see that word? Amen. Christians are being led in the procession march of triumph. Praise God. You know, after a soccer team has won the cup, three days after that, they have a, a roofless bus with the cup up there and the players and the coats and the boss and they come through like the spring box. Hey, the people ran everywhere. I ran this way and that way. Amen. Amen. And they saw the cup and heard. That's a triumph. Christians are living a triumph life in Christ and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Whether it's the nightclub or your work or the office, you display the sweet aroma, the lovely fragrance. Amen. It's like when you walk past somebody with expensive perfume, like mine, you understand. <laughs> you, you, you will turn around and say, 
I'm walking, but he could say, Via van Zeeuwen, let's do for Bailu. Wow. I was, what, what, what is wrong with you? What, um, what cologne is that? The first thing I would say, you cannot afford it. <laughs> what a sock. But we as Christians, there should be an aura around us. Hallelujah. John 10 verse 10. John 10 verse 10. The thief, the devil comes only, only to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Christians should have overflowing life. They should ask you, what makes you happy? This is by a tibaras and frowns for all. Yammer. Seer. Seer gesichte. Yo, they live in lamentations. There is a book in the Bible, Lamentations. Praise God. Hey, put a smile on your dial. <laughs> Amen. Smile a while and give your face a rest. Amen. You, you know how, how much energy you used to be, to be dug big. <laughs> it, it demands a lot of energy. Say, you, you burn out a lot of, unless you want to lose weight, maybe. Yes. You can burn up some calories by just being dug big. <laughs> My Lord, smile, man. Hallelujah. Life is good. The Lord is good. Even if things go wrong, you say, in spite of this, the Lord is good. Praise God. And don't tell people when they ask you, uh, how are you? The Lord is good. I'm asking. I, I know the Lord is good. I'm asking you. How are you? He said, you're a killie for me, man. Praise God. I'm excited. Life and abundance. Write down, you get five, eight kinds of life. But they all originate from God. Amen. You get the God kind of life. That's eternal life. If you get born again, you get eternal life. It means that life has had no beginning and it has no end. Praise God. Number two, you get angelic life. We don't have angel unless it's my wife or what. I don't know, but you don't get angelic life. Amen. Angels have a other kind of life. Praise God. Number three, planet life. Praise Planets, praise. Do you hear that? The planets has life. The stars has a other kind of life. They're moving. Then num it's a number four. You get plant life. Right? The flowers, the trees, plant life. Do you have that? Um, uh, then you get animal life. Is it number six? Number five, animal life. Hey, we're not animals. Praise God. We have a higher quality. You get human life, biological life. Human life. Then you get the devil kind of life. Is that number seven? Then number eight, you get resurrection life. Wow. 
I believe Christians have got a different kind of life than many others who will even be saved. Therefore, Jesus, after his resurrection, people asked when he blew over them, did they get born again that time? Because afterwards, he, he, that word, receive he the Holy Spirit. It's not the whole, the, the Greek word is receive ruach, receive life, receive life. He was giving to them after the resurrection, resurrected life. Can I call resurrected life, death destroying life. That life is in everyone who is born again, death destroying life. 1 John 3 verse 8. Hallelujah. 1 John 3 verse 8. The middle part of this verse. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. Did he fulfill his purpose? The purpose was to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. He did he disarm Satan. Satan cannot make us any more guilty. Because the blood of Jesus has wiped away our sins we are justified through the blood of Jesus hallelujah amen Romans 1 8 verse 1 there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus do you see them there is there there therefore there is no co condemning doom when you're born again the blood of Jesus wipe away all past, present, future sin. You, as I said Friday, you might say, oh, but that opens the door open for sinners, for believers to sin. No, if you're born again, you have God's nature coming in you. That nature dislikes sin. Amen. If you are greedy for sin and you say you're born again, you are not born again. You dislike, it's like a sheep, it dislike dirt. Goats and other things can walk through dirt, but a sheep. Jesus said, I know my sheep and a stranger they won't follow. You must be born again. God's nature in you. Hallelujah. And if you have that nature that dislikes sin, if you sin, you confess it. Amen. You turn away from it. Say, God forgive me. But it doesn't nullify your relationship with God. It just affects your fellowship with God. If you, therefore, don't let the sinner tell you, you sin just like me. You say, my brother, there's a big difference here. You like sin. I dislike sin. And if I do wrong, I confess it to God. But it does not affect my relationship. It just affects my fellowship. You have no relationship with God. You don't have a relationship. Therefore, you are greedy. And you are rebellious. You want your sin for life. But the triumph is, there is no condemnation for those who are in, you must be in the ark. Otherwise the flood of Noah or the judgment of God over this world, it comes upon you. Wow. 
John chapter 3 verse 36. That's a powerful scripture. John 3 verse, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see eternal life or life. But the wrath of God abides on him. So even when the Anna said, I bid every Anna and ask forgiveness, but she is never born. She sits with all your sons from all time. Hey, do you hear me? The Roman Catholic Church have got some confession classes. <laughs> what a joke. All deceived by Satan. Wow. Even the Roman Catholic Church preaches about purgatory. There's a place between uh, 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 um, heaven and hell called purgatory. A place of pure, you get purified. Hey, and you had to pay money to get out of purgatory into heaven. Your family must pay. And when I was in Bible school, my principal said, this young boy here to give every month, he need to take the money to, 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 to the Roman Catholic priest because their daddy passed away and he, they say, he's in purgatory. They must pay still some money for a whole year or so that he, every month so that he can get out of purgatory into heaven. Yeah, the priest said to the son one day your daddy's head is no through to heaven <laughs> so the son said to the mommy mommy the way i know daddy if his head is true he is true <laughs> what a song but these are the teachings that people believe these are the teachings that people believe. My God, have mercy on us. Hallelujah. Let's, let me read for you Romans chapter 1 verse 4. Hallelujah. Romans 1 verse 4. Powerful verse. Who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Let's stick because of time. I just want... The resurrection of the dead declared with loud voices and sounds. This is the Son of God. Amen. Praise God. So, five things the resurrection declare. Number one, he is what he said he was. Amen. The resurrection of the dead says, when he came out of death, out of the tomb, the world have to say, he is what he said. He is. He's the son of God. All his words must be taken notice of. Number two, his blood has paid in full for the son of man. With loud power, it was declared. The price he paid was accepted by God. Hallelujah. Number three, it declares with power, he is seated on the throne in heaven. Hallelujah. And he's alive. 
praise God. He's alive and he's seated on the throne in heaven. Number four, he declared the resurrection. He'll be back. The parousia, the rapture for sure will take place. He's the son of God. Hallelujah. And number five is the cork or the center of all God's plans. Praise God. I like the word cork because it shows your bicycle wheel with the spokes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It says all God's happenings, it's linked to Christ Jesus. He's the center of everything. Hallelujah. He's his three foundations to us. Please write down and then, amen. It's the foundation of our faith. Number two is the foundation of our salvation. And number three is the foundation of the church. Praise God. Hey, if, if this fail, then our faith fail. Then we have believed in vain. We have suffered in vain. Amen. Christ, number one, is the foundation of our faith. The rock foundation of our faith. Number two, he's the rock foundation of our salvation. And number three, is the rock foundation of the church. I am Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand, says the hymn. Hallelujah. Therefore, 2 John, verse 7 to 11. Let's read it. The shop is not anymore. There's 7 11. But we have 2 John. Listen, this is a very, in King James, please. This is a very, very serious scripture because this scripture tells you if people come with a other Jesus and with a other faith and belittle the Lord Jesus he says don't allow him into your house and don't give him a greeting in other words don't say God bless you or don't take his hand wow Years ago, I was still in Bible school. So a lady in Garden Village came to our house, a Jehovah Witness. They don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. They believe he's like an angel and he's just lower than God at all. I welcome her in. She showed me uh, her, what she believed. In her, and then I said, can I have your Bible? Why? And I showed her, look here in your Bible. Uh, what? What? There's no Bible like this Bible of the Jehovah Witness. What is this? These changes. You are shocked. I said, you belittle the Lord Jesus. You are not born again. At the end, I read to her the scripture. And I said to her, I cannot afterwards greet you or give you because our relationship of myself, no value than your relationship with God. And you go around spreading poison to bring the seriousness of her wrong doctrine home. The Bible demands this. Not me. You say, that's unkind. No. That is love. That is real love to say you carry, you carry a snake with you. 
You carry a cobra that you release in other people's lives. In other words, they are already going to hell, but you seal their doom. You see, but they must be transgressors. Therefore, I first invite her in because you don't know this. Transgress means knowingly she goes over this. Do you hear me? So greet Jehovah Witnesses and other people. Even, even uh, uh, Jesus-only people, Brenamites. They have other spirit. There's, there were many of them in Garden Village. Hey, I even spoke to two of their top men. Met him on the parade. Uh, we were staying. Uh, I was teaching students those years in Mitchell's Plain. He asked my address. I said he can come. We sat there for, and then he be want to be friends. And he brought some because we were full time young people. And he brought some food and uh, and free gazettes, empty gazettes. And at a certain point, I said to him, "Listen, the scripture. This stops now. You are not saved." Oh, Edgar, I said, you don't believe God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You believe the Father is Jesus, the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and Jesus is Jesus, which is not because there are three in one, three persons in the Godhead. It does not make sense. But God is beyond human understanding. God is be what God is there that you can put in a, in a lab and analyze him. God is beyond human understanding. Amen. Even salvation being born again is beyond human understanding. My God, it's a miracle. I'm a miracle. You're a miracle. Nobody can fathom how you, even how you can preach like this. This is a God thing. Praise God. You must say, this man has been formed by God. This can never be. This is not an orator. And this is not the way learned men speak. Is it so? Hey. Because it is God speaking. Wow. I'm reading. For many deceivers have gone out into the world who confess not Jesus Christ is come in the... Come in the flesh means they don't believe he existed before his birth. He came in a human body. Wow. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Don't get sidetracked. Verse 9. Whoever transgresses. Whoever doesn't mean it if he has fair hair, blue eyes, or wonderful suits and wonderful limousines, and whosoever transgresseth and abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he does not have God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both. Do you see both? The Father and the Son. But if you don't believe in the doctrine of... The doctrine means immovable facts. Therefore, many tra modern translations don't like the word doctrine. They say teaching. Because they say doctrine separates people. 
by doctrine mean immovable facts. Praise God. He does not have both the Father, nor the Father, nor the Son. Verse 10. If there come any unto you, any, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither give him God's speed. Verse 11. For he that bitheth uh, him God's speed or bless him is a partaker of what? Of his evil deeds. Please dissect this. Big word. Eh? Okay, no. Please eat this this afternoon. Praise God. Let me give you eight ways Christ conquered death. Hebrews. Let me first read to you Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 15. And then I'll rush through the eight. I wish I could read a scripture for you at each one. But eight ways Christ conquered death. But first, as an introduction to that, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 to verse 15. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, Jesus became also flesh and blood. He himself likewise also partook of the same. In other words, he became a human being. That through death, he might render Powerless him who had the power of death. That word powerless is in Greek means to make him paralyzed. Lame. Wow. Satan was made powerless. Lame. Paralyzed. He had the power of death. Who had the power of death. That is the devil. And might free those, us, who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. We are free. You know when a Christian die, the Bible, a born again the Bible don't call it death. The Bible call it you fell asleep. Amen. Fell asleep means you just sleep and you wake up. And you in heaven with the Lord Jesus. Because death means separation from God. But sleep. The brother fell asleep. He's awake now in heaven with God and with Christ. Amen. Eight ways. Here we go. Number one. Before even the resurrection, number one, just to show you Jesus' power over death. He raised a 12-year-old girl out of death. Wow, they were shocked. Mark chapter 5, verse 23, and verse 35 to 42, if you make notes. He raised, I'm repeating, he raised a 12-year-old. Nobody can do that. Death is death. When death happens, everybody is hopeless. You can call the doctor. You can call Chris Barnard. You can call whoever. Death is final. It's an enemy. The father came, Matthew, Mark, Mark chapter 5, verse 23, and verse 35 to verse 42. The father came to the Lord Jesus while he was busy walking the streets, 
and said, my daughter is on the point of dying. While, can you come and pray for him? While he was still talking, here they come and tell him she died. Wow. And then something else happened before Jesus could get to his house. Here comes a woman, touched the, sea, the, the, the hem of his garment. He dealt with her it's because blood, she was flowing blood for 12 years. And she got healed. After he dealt with everything, then he said to John, Peter, and James, let's go to where the girl died. When he came there, the people were weeping. He had to tell them, can you please make way? Him and John, the three went in with the mom and dad. There's the 12-year-old dead girl. He raised her up from the dead to show them he has power over death. Hallelujah. Number two, he raised a young man out of death. Luke 7 verse 11 to 14. Amen. Luke 7. A widow of nine, she had only the son. He came to the city of nine, and here they come with a funeral procession. And he saw this mother crying loud uncontrollably. He stopped the coffin and the bearers. And he said to the woman, don't cry. And a young man. He said, I tell you, rise up. Wow. And the people were astonished that the young man came alive. Wow. Number three, Lazarus. Are you there? John 11 verse 20 to verse 27. Chapter 11 verse 39 to verse 43. I repeat, John 11 verse 20 to verse 27 and verse 39 to verse 40. I wish I can read you the story. Because he heard that Lazarus has died. And then he tarried three days more doing other works. When he entered the area of Bethany where Lazarus' house was, yeah, Martha, he had two sisters. Martha came running. She said, Lord, if you were here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, he will live again. She said, I believe you are the son of God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though we die, he shall live again. She said, I believe you. While that conversation entered, end. here comes Mary and weeping and said, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus said, let's go to the, to the graveyard. They came there. He said, roll away the stone. They said, Martha said, Lord, there's a stench here. He's four days dead. In other words, worms were eating him up still. He said to her, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. And he called Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth out of the grave with, with wrappings around the eye, the hands and the feet. 
And the body says, loose him and let him go. Wow. In other words, he sent the worms back. Hey, our Lord has got power over death. The fourth one, his own resurrection. Jesus' own resurrection. Mark chapter 16, verse 6. I was in Israel. Mark 16, verse 6. As you entered the tomb, the tomb, the literal tomb. Entered the tomb because it's a cave. There's a board they put up there. He is not here. He's risen. Wow. As you enter the tomb. Mark 16 verse 6. He's not here. As he said. He's risen. Hey, And 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15. From verse 1. From verse 3 to verse 8. Paul says. After he came alive out of the tomb, he first met Peter because he's trying to show the proof. Peter is still around. You can speak to Peter. He says, then he appeared to the twelve. They're still around. And then he appeared to James, his own biological brother. And he appeared to 500 witnesses. Some of them have died. Lastly, he appeared to I heard him speaking from heaven when I was on my way to destroy the church. And he said, who are you persecuting my people? And Saul asked, who are you? He said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And this vicious Jew was saved and delivered and started the gospel in the name of the Lord. Number five, five, fifth way. Peter raised the dead. Paul raised the dead. Hey, this is after Jesus was in heaven. Amen. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Peter, Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to verse 42. Peter raised Tabitha Dorcas from the dead. They called Peter and said, you must come over. Dorcas is a worker. She makes so many tunics and clothes for the widows and for women. She died. Peter came there and he raised Dorcas from the dead. Tapita. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul raised a young man from the dead. Acts chapter 20. Verse 9 to verse 12. Acts 20. The young man fell from the third floor to his death. They came down there. He's dead. And Paul raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. And Acts 20. Paul also. Acts 28. From verse 1 to verse 6. A snake bite. A viper. Bite. The apostle Paul. As he was bringing some sticks to the fire. They saw it was A viper means it's like a cobra or a black mamba. You die in few seconds. Wow. He shook off. And everybody around the fire set. Because they were just saved from shipwreck. The ship was completely destroyed. And they said as the, vibe, the snake was falling, falling into the fire. 
They said, this man must be really evil. Because he just survived shipwrecked by the skin of his teeth. And now a, a, a viper bites him. He must be evil. And they were waiting and waiting. And after a long while they said, he's not dropping dead. He's not swelling up. He must be a god. They said he must be a god. But that's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of the resurrection. Are you blessed? And number, where are we now? And number six, God's servants. Matthew chapter 8 verse 1 and verse 8. Matthew 10 verse 1 and verse 8. Today people get raised from the dead still. Wow. Smith Wigglesworth raised about 20 people from the dead. Wow. John G. Lake that came here in 1908, he raised many people from the dead. I don't say you must take the chance. Okay. But God told him, raise him from the dead. Wow. Praise God. So God's servants. Is that number what? Number six. Praise God. Number seven. We have resurrected life in us also. Romans 8 verse 11. Can we read that? And I'm closing with the eight one. The eight one is the new beginning. Hallelujah. Praise God. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Can you see what spirit dwells in us? The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Through his spirit who dwells in you. If you are a real believer, you serve the Lord. And you are becoming, hey, it's for long time Kijk hoe goed leek aan die Mary. Kijk hoe goed leek maar James. As maar James nou hier kan, sy sal dans voor ons. En aan die Mary het een lied in haar hart. 80 years old. En, hey, en ek leek ook nie slecht vir 66. Hey. What it means is, if you have resurrected life in you, hey, dat wat lang vir jou om oud te word jou. There's life in your bones. Amen. And you can overcome sickness and diseases. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. The eighth one. The rapture is the final nail in the coffin of death. Because at the rapture, millions of people will leave the earth without dying. Wow. I always say, I wait for the rapture. Amen. I don't want to press first in the left basement and No, from this ground, we press hey, the third floor, but the, I think it's the nine heavens. Praise God. There we go. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can read it. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 13 to 18. Praise God. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 15 to verse 52. Verse 52 and 50, 
51 and 52. 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Amen. And the cherry on the cake is 2 Corinthians, 2 Kings. Hallelujah. Chapter 13. I think it's verse 19 and 20. Yes, 2 Kings 13, verse 20 to 21. 2 Kings, verse, can we read it? Are you there? And then we stand and we vacate quickly, but I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to the Lord Jesus. Elisha died, and they buried him. Now the bands or the gang of the Moabites would invade the land in the spring of the year. And they were burying a man. Behold, they saw a marauding band, and they cast the man into the grave of Elisha. And when the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. <laughs> the prophet was dead already for a long time. And here comes the gang. They were carrying their dead soldier. And they threw him because they cannot go with this dead body further. They just threw him. In the grave of Elisha. When the body touched the dead bones of Elisha. The man came alive. I always say if there's a real joke to love. This is it. Because there they ran. And they, they threw the dead body in. And when they looked back. They saw years their friend come running behind them. The dead men running behind them. I think, I think they broke the record that day. With speed. Amen. What I'm leaving you with as we eat the Lord's Supper and touch the bones of Jesus Christ, the bread and the wine, life can come into you. As your fellowship with Jesus, greater than Elisha, is here. If you touch him, life will come into you. He's risen. Is alive. Close your eyes, please. Is there anybody who wants to give his life to the Lord Jesus? You may raise your hand. We're not going to take this and beg you because that will be a disgrace to the Lord to beg you. Is there anybody who say, I want to give my... Thank you, lady. Is there anybody else who wants to be the second person and say, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. It's my decision, not anybody else. Thank you for the gentleman at the back. Is, is there anybody else? I will ask some of our people to pray for you afterwards. Anybody else? Very important. Lastly, 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 raise your hands and say, I want the Lord Jesus in my life. Is there anybody else? Are you raising your hand, girl, or not? Okay, anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Can you two just stand, sir, and you lady? Um, thank you. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I want you as my Lord and Savior. Deliver me from Satan and deliver me from sin. 
I turn against the devil. I turn against my sin. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Wash me in your precious blood and give me eternal life. In your name, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we all stand? Amen. Receive the blessing of the Lord. What a powerful word. Give the Lord praise. Receive the blessing. Amen. Pray this after me. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest and abide on me. In Jesus' name, I am blessed with the protection and the favor of God. Thank you for your word. I want to live this word. The word is Christ and Lord Jesus Christ. I love you. I praise you. Thank you, Father, that I'm part of the family of God and part of the bride of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Give the Lord praise. You may... You may please uh, vacate that they can clean as quick as possible. Thank you very much. God bless you. If you want to see any.